0: Backyard Green Films is proud to present this episode of Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Alara and her husband Rick travel throughout the land in their teardrop trailer that they have nicknamed Maggie, bringing you stories about their travels and the people they meet. They visit farmers, ranchers, and just about anyone who loves putting their hands in the dirt or their feet in stirrups. For the past three years, they have been filming a documentary. About heritage breed animals entitled The Holstein Dilemma Heritage Breed Animals and the Need for Biodiversity. In those travels, they have gotten to meet some very interesting people. Here's one of those interviews.
1: Hi, I'm Alara. This episode of our podcast is from our interview with Bob Doxey of the Lazy Beady Donkey Farm in Missoula, Montana. Bob raises American mammoth jack donkeys. And we met up with him at his farm one morning at dark 30 for coffee and conversation. Bob is quite a character to keep up with, especially at that hour and especially prior to my third cup of coffee. That wild braying sound you'll hear in the background is Highlander the donkey wanting breakfast. After our interview, Bob walked us out to the front and said, let me show you my ass. The ass had long ears and made lots of loud noises. A very interesting looking animal, and you can't stop wanting to stare at the size of the ears. Bob was an incredibly gracious host, and he and his family fed us lunch afterwards, and uh, that was including some delicious jalapeno jelly, and then took us horseback riding to see the countryside in beautiful Montana. It was a fabulous day. We've taken some interesting jaunts around North America, but this was quite a surreal trip. We flew into Spokane the first evening, interviewed Bob the next morning early, spent the night in Billings that night, and got up at 3 o'clock in the morning to hit the line of totality for the super eclipse in Casper, Wyoming the next morning. Half of Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming were on fire at the time, and between little sleep, lots of driving, the sun disappearing, and Bob's ass, it sure felt like the end of the world might be upon us. It still makes me smile just thinking of how interesting life can be. Here's part of our interview with Bob Doxy and Highlander the Donkey at the Lazy B.D. Donkey Farm in Missoula,
0: Montana. <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's the matter, buddy? The girl's getting all the attention. I'm Bob Doxy, and the, uh, we, we raise Mammoth Jackstock at the Lazy BD Donkey Farm.
1: So tell me a little bit about your farm, including the region uh, and the climate here.
2: Okay, we're in Missoula, Montana. Um, The uh, interest here, uh, as elsewhere, is in um, mules. And uh, in order to make um, mules, you need donkeys. And we provide the donkey. Um, they're, They're used exclusively, historically, um, for mule production, not for riding. So they're big enough to ride, but very few uh, people historically use them for riding or draft animals. All they did was make mules. That's what the American mammoth was uh, produced for.
1: So tell us a little bit, of the, if you had to explain to the layperson about the difference between a mule, a donkey, and a horse... Uh, If you could explain a little bit about the animal itself and then how they differ from each other.
2: Okay, well, uh, of course, a horse is a horse and a donkey is a donkey and a mule is a hybrid. It's half horse and half donkey. Um, The mule is specifically a male donkey and a female horse. If you uh, uh, have a hybrid that's a female donkey and a male horse it's called a hinny Um, any equine can interbreed uh, although it's not natural um, but uh, for example we can breed zebras and uh, a zebra and a horse would be a zorse a zebra and a donkey a um, would be a zedonk so there's lots of different combinations that uh, people have tried but um, the most successful interbreeding is the male uh, donkey, a jack, with a mare, and uh, that produced uh, an animal that um, uh, is very common uh, even still today, but uh, in in its heyday, uh, the for uh, work animal, um, the um, horse uh, um, donkey combination makes a mule so
1: now there 's a lot of variety in horses, so sure. if you could explain why you might uh, why some people might want to make a mule that 's a combination of a draft horse and okay. a donkey or sure. a riding horse
2: well the uh, first, the American mammoth uh, was developed because uh, most donkeys are uh, smaller animals than horses, and so the American farmer. Um, in his um, uh, desire to have the best work animals in the field, um, bought essentially all of the large jack stock um, from Europe and um, actually uh, uh, all of it. They, they imported boatloads of donkeys. And uh, these animals uh, were bred for size, and they were bred up until the American mammoth was developed and The reason they needed a large donkey um, artificial insemination wasn 't the the norm at the time, and uh, they needed um, donkeys that were large enough to breed draft uh, animals. The Europeans stayed with um, the European farmer stayed with uh, horses the American farmer stayed with uh, or or developed the American mammoth so that they could uh, uh, farm with mules. Well, you say, why would somebody take a perfectly good, say, percheron and breed it to this silly-looking jack and uh, make a mule when they could work the percherons? Well, here again, the American farmer, uh, very um, uh, successful in his ideas and endeavors, he uh, realized that a, a donkey lives approximately forty years, a horse uh, approximately twenty years, and so the mule being half and half, it get thirty years, uh, a, a tremendous increase in the work life. Uh, additionally, um, uh, mules um, uh, work in better teams than horses. If you if you see a horse uh, hitch. Of eight, that means eight horses working together uh, as draft animals you've got a big hitch. Um, twenty mule team borax is uh, an example of uh, twenty mules working together, and uh, they're uh, tr- uh, they're they're more trainable and and uh, so more production um, um, out of a mule than um, than the horse additionally a mare horse a female horse. Um, being uh, uh, used for breeding is not uh, available to work. Uh, Mules are sterile, and uh, so 100% of the offspring could go to work, uh, where half of the offspring in in the European uh, picture would be kept in the barn to um, um, produce more horses. Um, So here again, the American farmer was on the cutting edge, I'd say.
1: Structure of, I guess what you would call it, the drivetrain. Is is there a different place where the weight is distributed on a mule, the withers or the, you know, is there a different construction on a donkey that would help well, that mule to be more effective at pulling?
2: There is. Uh, the donkey's uh, chest is narrower than a horse. If you look at it, um, the build on a donkey is is different. Um, when when we look at Highlander, you'll see that is. His um, uh, hind end is huge. He's, he's an enormous... He's got big legs and um, just just an enormous animal. Where with a horse, the distribution is different. A lot of people look at a donkey and they go, oh, boy, what a skinny little thing. Well, uh, it's the combination of the horse and the donkey that we're looking at. Not The, the donkey was never used in a, um, in a work capacity. His only job was to um, uh, to reproduce mules, to produce mules. That's the only... Because um, here again, uh, 100% of the mules are sterile. So you can't really get a good mule, and, wow, my neighbor's got a good mule, and you can make a good mule like you can with horses. You have to come back to the donkey owner. Um, in, in the uh, heyday, uh, I think around 1920 there were 5.2 million uh, donkeys to produce the mules that they needed in the United States. 5.2 million registered. They were all registered, only black with white points, which is the uh, type of breed that we have, uh, the color configuration. They're the same animal if they're spotted or whatever. But in that day, you know, you needed to have a black donkey like Highlander will be when you see them. Um, the numbers today are somewhere in the neighborhood of probably uh, 5,000 registered uh, mammoth. Uh, black with white points are even more rare. So these particular donkeys, that there were so many of them, are indeed uh, endangered. There's, there's no question in my mind. We tried to find a, a Jenny um, last month, and we just couldn't find one. I mean, they're not out there. Um, registered uh, with some sort of a history, you know, that's the, it's just like registering your dogs. Uh, you, 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 get the history of them, not so much that my dog's better than your dog. It's the history. So there's lots of, uh, there's lots of donkeys out there, lots of large donkeys, but few <clears throat> registered that have a genetic background. What's happening is the gene pool is going away. um, a lot of people say, well, you know, you can, you can raise uh, donkeys. Yeah, we, we can get two a year out of our two jennies. And uh, so if two a year die, you're, you're not gaining. Uh, the, the gene pool is disappearing. So what we do is we bring in these smaller donkeys and we put them into that gene pool. Well, genetically, the animals are beginning to uh, change uh, and you just can't find the, these particular animals.
1: This is kind of interesting. Uh, and This is considered a, a critically endangered animal from the livestock concern because of that very thing that you were talking about. But it's an interesting mix because this is how the animal came into being in the.
2: He, he wants to get fed.
1: He <laughs> okay, had an air raid siren. No. He's, he's
2: pretty vocal. <laughs>
1: But this is how the animal came into being, is the mix of five or six different breeds of donkey right. initially.
2: Right. That's the European. The, the American farmer bought all of the large jack stock out of Europe, cleaned it out, literally. So the gene pool can't be reestablished because a lot of these animals are extinct. Uh, like a lot of uh, lot of animals that were brought and imported from Europe uh, to uh the United States in in the earlier years, um, once the the particular breed was uh, uh, bought up or used up, I, I mean they just disappeared from the face of the earth they don 't exist
1: yeah it's my you, you say over time this is this george Washington
0: we 're talking about he was
2: absolutely, yeah, he was the father of the American Mammoth. The breed was uh, developed um, from European stock, and um, the father of our country is the way we see it in in our industry, the father uh, of the uh, American Mammoth, and that's George Washington. He was given large jack stock. I don't remember the name of his uh, particular jack, but he traveled through the colonies at the time, or the the, uh, new states, and um began to uh, develop that breed yeah uh,
1: my my understanding is 1788 is that about right
2: uh, I'm sure I don't remember how old he is but he's he's at least that old
1: <laughs> it, it over time it's gone through some changes too it's it's uh it's my understanding that I think in the 20s, uh, the breed standard changed. So if you, if you could explain any knowledge that you have about the American Mammoth Jack, uh, the registry that they have and the purpose and how it's changed over time.
2: Well, of course, you know, the, uh, if you have a registry with 5 million animals in it, and um, today you have uh, very few left, um, the, the registry had to change to accommodate what was being used and what was available. The um, I, I'm sure at the time uh, they were very specific in, in, like I was saying earlier, black with white points uh, as a register registerable um, donkey. Well, all the donkeys weren't that way. There were plenty of large jacks out there that weren't black with white points, for example. Today, anything of size, anything... Um, that meets a certain size standard um, is uh, registerable. Also, there were there are now two register uh, registries for jacks. We we register with the American uh, Mammoth Jack Stock Registry. I, I think that's important. Um, there were some changes. I'm not really familiar with that. I know that. Go my, ahead.
1: My understanding is that in the, in the earlier time they liked the black. Coloring because this, they they match as teams when you when right. you put them with a percheron, you get Absolutely. A mule that
2: was black. Absolutely, I think you know the, that um, the um, uh, typical uh, picture of, a, of a, a mule working in the fields was a black mule. You'll see a couple of them out here. They'll have a red nose. They pick up some of the characteristics of the horse, some of the characteristics of the um, a donkey. And uh, so this was the mule being produced. It was a Percheron mammoth uh, cross, the Percheron mare, the mammoth jack. And uh, so you say, well, uh, what happened if these animals were such fabulous animals? Whatever happened uh, to them? Why are we down to a few thousand remaining in the world? Well, it's pretty simple. It's called the John Deere tractor. Uh, Once the uh, people... Um, discovered the uh, um, efficiency of a tractor they no longer needed to keep all these large animals. These things eat as much as a horse. They're really enormous. Highlander weighs way over a thousand pounds and um, they're expensive to keep and why, why feed all these millions and millions of jacks when you can buy a tractor?
1: So to to go to the team thing, is there a difference in shape and and size, and does that impact how they hitch together?
2: Well, the sorrel uh, the sorrel mule is uh, and uh, is is used in our area here for packing, and uh, mules are um, uh, real common. You know, you, you see them in in forest service use still today. Um, right up the road here at Nine Mile, you might want to visit uh, the. Uh, Reed Mound Station, and this is one of the places in the United States where they uh, raised and, and managed uh, mule herds, and we still have one in Missoula. Um, really interesting, but the uh, the sorrel mule is uh, a lot more common today than the black mule, um, so because uh, the black um, the The original um, gene pool of black with white points uh, like Highlander is so rare that uh, they they just went to that. Percherons may have been better suited for uh, draft, and um, the the sorrel mules are definitely uh, more desirable for packing, although we pack our blacks. <laughs>
1: So you know, it, it, I, I've I've read a little bit of Louis L'Amour in my time, and it's my understanding that they used to have the uh, I believe it was the Kentucky mules that one of the characters and the, the families and they used to raise because they have an endurance, and so they used them as riding as well. They're very famous riding mules in certain areas. Obviously, maybe not the the Mammoth Jack stock that we see here, but but mules can be ridden as well.
2: Well, you know, um, the thing about um, uh, Riding mules. If you do your if you do your homework on, on people like uh, Wild Bill Hickok and and um, um, Custer and different people that um, came into the West, the mule was a very um, um, popular uh, riding animal uh, because they were uh, for the same reasons. They could they could work longer. They lived longer. Um, they're a little bit smarter than a horse in, in that when it's quitting time, a mule just stops, uh, a horse will drop. I mean that you can whip a horse to keep going. Um, a lot of people say, well, why is it that the packers ride a horse and, um, and pack the mule string instead of just packing horses? It's not that they can carry more. It's simple when you ride a horse and you get up to the, uh, edge of that preposis or whatever you call that, I the words, uh, and, and, uh, you look over, if you were riding a mule, he'd go, I ain't going down there. And you kick him and he'd go, no, no, you don't understand. I'm not going, you know, a horse. Hey, okay, let's go. And over he goes, you know, and the mules follow. So, um, there was a purpose and, uh, but, uh, a rumor, I don't know how accurate it is, um, uh, Custer, and I think it was Wild Bill, had a riding contest, an endurance contest, uh, while Bill rode a mule, uh, which was not uncommon. But, you know, our proud uh, forefathers, you know, he, uh, um, Custer had a real fine stallion. And they basically uh, ran a 100-mile race, and they won uh, together. They, they, they finished together. The difference is, Wild Bill got up the next morning and rode off on his mule, and uh, Custer went out and buried his horse. So a horse will continue on, but beyond its own endurance. So.
1: That's one of the things we've been covering is is that with, with many breeds, it's not just a question of the looks of the animal. It is behavioral as well. Um, there are very definitely characteristics that transmit genetically, behaviorally. And when we were reading up on this, one of the things I read was that you ask, you tell a horse what to do, and you ask a mule. There
2: you go. <laughs> That's really a good, yeah. That's very good. They think. They think about things. If you uh, if you tell your horse to get in the trailer, and you, you can convince him, man, he'll get in the horse trailer. But a mule will stand there. I mean, and he'll think about it, look it over, maybe stick his nose in there, and then he'll get in. So he thinks his way through situations. Mules, I consider them to be uh, a little high, more highly intelligent, but then I'm kind of partial to donkeys, so... Uh, that's the better half
1: so if that's the case if they think about it how much does your thought process as the owner writer companion to the mule feed in there does he trust is it a question of trust where he sees if if he trusts you and you ask him to do something he's more likely to do it because he says okay somebody who thinks about this is, is is saying it's okay
2: i think um um I think that the, the mule is, uh, if, if we consider that it's more intelligent or you know thinks its way through things a little more, then um, once it's trained, it's going to be more trustful. In other words, it's going to trust you more. It can think, well, if the boss likes this, I'll go along with it. But there again, when you put it in a situation that it's unfamiliar with, you can't convince a mule. If he's uh, threatened... Uh, I don't care how much training you've had. He's staying where he is. They're just more intelligent. They're not going to hurt themselves.
0: Yeah.
1: One of the things I read was that that it takes about 10 years to fully train an animal because it's exposure. You have to situationally expose them to these circumstances for them to say, okay, I've been there and I know what that is and now I'll do it.
2: Yeah, you know, um, a horse rider, uh, the horse is in its prime at 6, a mule probably at 10. Uh, you don't even start to ride a mule until it's three to four. And they race horses at two, which I think is uh, crazy. But um, don't forget, you have a tremendous racehorse at two years old. He wins the Kentucky Derby. You retire him and you make millions of dollars on his offspring. You have a fabulous mule. He's, uh, he wins the uh, mule races in... in uh, um, and and uh, you 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 uh, retire him at four. Well, why would you retire him? He can't produce any offspring. So what do you do? You find that jack and you go back <laughs> to that guy and you say, "I've got this fabulous mare. I want to make another million-dollar race mule." Uh, you got to go to the jack owner. That's job security.
1: I guess so. Now this is a, you, you brought up something interesting, and it sort of feeds into the ability to preserve this breed. And this is not a chicken where you can transport it across the country. This is an animal where, if you want it to reproduce, you have to find another yeah. jack.
2: We, or, yeah, another, uh, a another, donkey. Mammoth, another donkey, another dog. mammoth. Yes, um, we uh, we transported uh, donkeys to um, um, Virginia, uh, California, Alaska. Um, if people want a, 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 a genetically sound donkey, they have to find a, a donkey breeder. Um, and if they do, well, well, just to give you an example, Marsha and I traveled all over the country before we found Highlander. And we spent months doing it um, because we wanted a specific animal. Uh, if you want a big donkey there 's lots and lots and lots of them out there, but these donkeys are genetically uh, as sound as we could find them
1: so there's there 's technology out now that might make that easier <clears throat> and i 'm going to ask your perspective on it because now you can get you can get stud you, you buy semen from other mm-hmm. breeders mm-hmm. and you can do artificial insemination mm-hmm. from a mammoth in, in Florida. Ship it here and have it immediately available. Do you think that that's fantastic for preserving breed or bad because natural, the ability to naturally breed is a part of what makes these animals what well, they not. are or neither. The
2: The thing is, um, you know, if in 1920 there were 5 million of these things and a uh, 100 years later in uh, 2020 there's a few thousand of them, what in the world happened to all of those animals? Well, they were destroyed. They were, um, they were eaten. Um, dog food, Whatever you wanna, however you want to look at it. The fact of the matter is, is semen uh, collected for a, a really uh, great um, um, bovine is, is greatly desirable, but we were destroying mammoth jack stock, not trying to preserve them. So we do collect Highlander, and we can ship semen all over the country uh, overnight, it. Uh, but it's shipped for um, insemination into horses, not into donkeys. People don't reproduce these animals. So you say, well, why can't we reestablish? It's my honest belief that the mammoth donkey will become extinct. I don't believe we'll save this animal. Um The reason is is people are really happy with their uh, minis and the, even their standards. Um, some people will say, "Well, I really don't want that big of a mule. I 'll just breed to a standard donkey, and uh, they do. So what happens to the mammoth donkey? is its, its gene pool becomes less and less and less until we just don't have that sustainable number any longer. And uh, I believe that in, in uh, the next generation, they'll go away. So why do you do it? Why do I do it? Oh. you you got to see the breed. I mean, they're, uh, it just it's, it's a passion. I, I love the donkey. Yeah. It's just uh, you have to want a donkey. Okay. A lot of people nowadays buy donkeys for riding, large donkeys for riding, a lot of people for draft, uh, you know, for pulling a little wagon. So they go down the parade. But who uses a donkey in the field? Well, whoever used a donkey in the field? Nobody. The, the 5.2 million donkeys didn't do any work. They just stood around and bred. That's what they were for. Um, so nobody ever rode them. Who would ever be seen riding an ass? I mean, give me a break. Here comes this farmer. He's got 50 mules that he pulls plows with, and uh, you can't do that with horses, by the way. 50 mules dragging a combine, and and he comes riding out on a donkey. Uh Uh-uh. It ain't happening. He comes riding out on his big uh, American saddlebred and, and he wants people to see how successful he is. He doesn't ride an ass. So the donkey today, the people that want to ride donkeys, are rare. They, they, there are few people that want big donkeys to ride, but there's not enough of them to keep the breed alive. They can do the same riding on a, on a large standard. There's, there's no point in having a large donkey for riding or for draft because people have that same pride issue today that that, that, that farmer did. <laughs> How do you like my, uh, um, I don't know, name your breed, my quarter horse? How do you like my ass? It, it's just not going to happen. And uh, as a result of that, the donkey goes away more and more. Don't forget, the only purpose of this animal was to make big mules. It was never because it was a great riding animal or really won the dressage or, or these things. There are donkeys that, that, that have done all these things, but people aren't going to go. with Even to get a mule into a dressage, um, it, it just doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. You got that. I've got it. What are you going to do with that mule that just won the you know, world champion dressage? Well, I don't know. I guess I'll take it home and ride it some more. You can't reproduce it. It's a dead-end situation. Remember this. When the Lord created horses and he created donkeys, he didn't create mules. Man did that. Okay, if you have a wild, over in the Prairie Mountains here in Montana, a wild horse herd, and you have a wild donkey herd, you're never going to have a wild mule herd. Well, why is that? Because donkeys and mule and horses don't breed naturally so and and even if they do, there goes your there goes your whole evolutionary theory. They breed together, they make a better animal. it lives longer, but it's sterile. Ugh. just Bob.
1: I I, get you on that one. I think it's it's an interesting conundrum. You're saying to me, or what I what I'm hearing is that anybody that wants substance over style and flesh is not necessarily going to want this animal. And I would say we're in short supply of that these days.
2: The thing is, is you you know your your love for the mammoth donkey is a uh, it's 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 a passion. And unless other people have that passion, like you say, well, we can ship semen to uh, Florida, and I can, but nobody in Florida has a mammoth. And if there is one down there, the chances are, all right, here, let me give you the example. We produce, on this little farm, we have produced probably 10 jacks that are really nice breeding animals, and they will never... See another donkey. When I sell that animal, I get top dollar for these things. I mean, they're, I, I cannot raise horses and make the, the, the dollars for a baby. My problem is I don't have a thousand of them and people won't buy that many. But here's the deal somebody buy, They they seek me out, they buy a mammoth donkey and they want black with white points, and I sell it to them for top dollar. It'll never see a jenny. It's taken to a horse farm, and what's it do? It does what they were produced, what the breed was made to do. It makes mules. That's a dead-end deal. So I've sold 10 of these animals, and not one of them, not one of the 10, will produce another mammoth donkey. Now that's where the breed's going, and that's why it'll die off.
1: So where, where are the Jennies? They're out
2: there. There's three of them. <laughs> if, if there's if there's four or five thousand of them in the world, three of them are standing right out here. The Jennies uh, are are a little harder for me to sell. I wouldn't say harder. They're they're not desired. Why is that? Why don't people desire the Jennies? They can't make mules. Mammoth's Jack Stock is made produced. It was gener- it, it, it was invented, if you want to say that, to make mules. And that's what's done with them today. People buy them from me so that they can make great mules. And they do. And I get calls from people, Hey, we had our first baby. Oh, really? Is it a donkey? Oh, no, we don't have any jennies around here.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you're just making the cake mix. That's it. You're not making the cake. Somebody else may, always makes a cake. You're just putting the ingredients.
2: I, I'm the guy... You know, like we, we've said so many times, in the 20s, there were lots of people that had mammoth jack stock. Today, there's just a few old farts that stick around and, and make more mammoth jack stock. Most people today make big mules. That's, that's what happened to the breed. And it's still happening.
1: So we, we got a chance to go to talk to uh, the USDA, Phil Purdy. He runs around and collects all of the, the um, they, he collect samples. They collect um, mostly agricultural and not mostly, exclusively agricultural animals at the USDA because they're preserving tissue just in case we have a major issue that goes on. You know, they have a flood or a famine yeah. or, a, you know, hmm. disease or something, wipes out a good chunk of the stock so they can recreate the stock. Um is there any way you might be able to do that, where you preserve enough of these animals that that you might be able to save them?
2: <laughs> it's not going to happen. I, I'm I'm telling you that the American mammoth is going to become extinct, just like what is it, the wattle pig, and all. There, there are so many um, animals that came onto the American farmstead that no longer exist. They just don't. They were better animals in its day, but today. Um, a chicken has white feathers. It stands around. A, a turkey is, is, is white feathered. It stands around and, and um, um, waits for the day that it's slaughtered. And, and they're mass produced just like uh, cars or anything else. So these, these animals that were perfect for the American farm, in as much as the American farm no longer exists, neither do the animals. And the donkey is going to be the same way. Everyone, and I'm not the only guy that produces donkeys. Don't, don't misunderstand me. There's, there's plenty of guys out there doing this. Well, not plenty. There's not nearly enough. But their dilemma is the same as mine. I sell a male donkey. It goes off someplace to produce mules. I bought Highlander to produce mules. I just happened to fall in love with the breed, and so I sought out some jennies. Most of the guys don't. Most people that buy them don't. They don't look for Jennies because their mule production was what they bought the animal for in the first place.
1: So you have, you have, I I saw what four, five, six horses out there and one mule, correct?
2: No, I have. uh, We we haven't gone to the back yet. We have uh, two mules in the back. The mule out front is just a uh, he's a baby.
1: What do you what do you put your mules into? Are they just riding?
2: We sell them. But yeah, on, well, no, we live in Montana. These are usually pack animals, mules.
1: But you don't. You you are going to ride a mule today. Oh, you do ride them.
2: Yeah, we ride mules. Okay. Yes.
1: So what's your favorite mix for that particular thing? What kind of horse do you put them in? Oh,
2: gosh. I, I have some American saddlebreds, so you'll see an American saddlebred mule. We had a, a Tennessee Walker uh, mare, uh, so you'll see an enormous Tennessee Walker mule. He's just beautiful. Um, I you know, you're, you're not going to find a lot of riding stock uh, made with percherons or, or Clydesdales because um, you know, they're just too broad. and, and just like riding a Clydesdale, um, they're harder to ride uh, or sit in a saddle for a long time. But I just happen to like these saddlebreds, um, so we ride them.
1: Is biodiversity important to you at all, and how does that fit into this animal
2: the The, the mammoth uh, jackstock was developed for size. We, we, we explained that a little bit ago, so that we could breed bigger horses and have bigger mules. Uh, so size was important, but there's a lot more to the donkey than just the fact that he's a big animal these uh, These critters are are healthier, uh, they live longer they uh, They do have a lot to contribute unfortunately, they're contributing it to a hybrid animal that is the mule. Um, the breed of mammoths is um, you know' it's, it's like people. Um, some of the offspring we have are not enormous animals like Highlander some of the Some of the animals are just uh, you know pretty blah looking uh, little donkeys uh, actually, I can't remember any of. them. Of them <laughs> are, but I mean they're they're not they're not all genetically the same. Um, that's because the breed has been somewhat polluted with um, you know uh, smaller animals that people want to call ge- they want to call a large donkey a mammoth. So when you uh, begin to shop for mammoths online, for example, oh you're going to be amazed at how many there are. Bob's a liar. Uh, the fact of the matter is when you find the animal, you find that it isn't a mammoth, it's just a really big donkey. That's not a mammoth. This, is, this particular breed is uh, something that was developed by the American farmer specifically for a purpose of, of um, being a more efficient farmer. And if you just take every big assets that's out there, it doesn't make mammoths. You know, you can breed and breed and breed, but you can't redevelop the gene pool. And that's what I'm saying. The gene pool itself uh, of uh, American mammoths, um, because when we reproduce the breed, they go for mule production and, and it will go away. That, that's my feeling and I, I, it breaks my heart, but.
1: So, for instance, we have white parks here that are white park cattle that are developed from a European breed, and we Mm -hmm. might be able to go back to England to get them, and yet there's nowhere else to really go to get a mammoth jack but the United States.
2: That's right. It was developed here, but it isn't even that. When the American farmer imported donkeys from Europe, they, they were paying such a good dollar for them. They brought boatloads over. There's none left. There's none over there to go bring those animals back together and reproduce to make this particular gene pool. So you can't reproduce what's been deleted. It, it's a, those animals are already extinct. They don't exist. And that's, that's the problem we have. That's why we can take Highlander uh, to the fair and, and, and uh, people say, you know, wow! What a don! I didn't know donkeys got that big. Well, you know, your grandfather knew they did, and, and your great grandfather actually raised these animals. And uh, now, are, the people that see him can't believe it. That's a donkey? Yeah, that's a burro. It's the same thing as a little burro that's down in Mexico. It's the exact same uh, animal. Only it's a really big one. It's it's the same thing. It's like saying, well, that's that's a poodle. No, no, that's not a poodle. That's a, 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 a Mastiff. They're both dogs. Yeah, there's lots of donkeys in burrows. And, and in, in Europe, it's an ass. In, in the United States, it's a donkey. In, in, um, in Mexico, it's a burrow. They're, they're all genetically the same animal. But this particular breed, this particular gene pool, is, is the one that we're concerned with. And we, we really do need people to buy the jennies and reproduce them. People buy jennies, but uh, they use them for draft animals and pets. They're great pets. Big, big dogs.
0: <laughs> We'd like to thank Bob for having us out today. For more information about Bob Doxey and his Lazy BD Donkey Farm, please visit his Facebook page at Facebook.com Lazy BD Donkey Farm. Also, please visit the American Mammoth Jackstock Association at AmericanJackstock.org. You have been listening to Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Please tune in for more upcoming episodes from our travels. We'd also like to thank our producer, Michelle Council. I'm Rick Bowman, your behind-the-scenes editor. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Backyard Green Films Productions, all rights reserved, copyright 2019.